I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes, you are seeing correctly. Another episode of The Real Forno Show here on Vikings First and Skull. And tonight, we are the talking about Justin Gay. Uh, you know what? You're interrupting me, Dave. I don't appreciate that. Um, but we are talking with uh, Justin Day from Purple and Gold for Days. And we are going to have some fun. Dr. Pro, yes, go check it out. Uh, I had a special guest interview with Connor Rogers from NBC Sports and Pro Football Focus earlier today at 3.30 Central. You can check that out on demand. Tonight, we're going to have uh, a fun roundtable discussion about the Minnesota Vikings. Should be a good time. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a second Real Forno show here on this glorious Monday afternoon. Yes, Odie is alive and healthy. He is doing good, even though it takes apparently three and a half hours to clot a claw. You live, you learn. But somehow the dog just did not hurt. And now he's playing with his stuffed dog. Welcome, as always, you have in the bottom right corner today is producer Dave. And that is because we have a guest on here today, host of Purple and Gold for Days. His name is Justin Day. Justin, how are you? I am good. Good to be here. You know, it's the off season, but there's never an off season when it comes to talking Vikings football. So I'm glad to be on here. See some familiar faces in the building already with Dr. Proto and Mary uh, and Davey Change to be example. If you haven't already, y'all hit that like button and support the channel. Let's get this chat hopping here tonight. Throw any questions you want. Let's have some fun. Bingo, bango, bongo. And there is some interesting things kind of going on in the landscape of the Minnesota Vikings. We just had rookie mini camp this past weekend, and I am convinced that Jordan Addison is going to be in the Mighty Mouse Hall of Fame. Just kind of uh, <laughs> seeing how he how he continues to wow in the landscape of being a wide receiver. Because some guys just get it. Um, kind of How are you sitting with this draft class, Justin? We're what just over two weeks out and we finally had some time to let things settle kind of um what are your overall thoughts here 
Well, like a lot of Vikings Nation, I really was hoping they would make a trade up to get an Anthony Richardson. We all knew from the get-go that that was pretty much a long shot at best. Heard the reports that the only guy they wanted was Bryce Young. But having said that, um, on my live draft show that I did with a few other creators, I was very, very happy when it was Jordan Addison that was the pick. He was my second choice at wide receiver behind only Jackson Smith and Jigba. But what I like about the idea of Jefferson and Addison together is – they're kind of they're they're not the Batman and Robin that Carter and Moss were, where they each had specific roles that they were outstanding at. These guys are more like when you have a superhero crossover with Flash and Green Arrow, where you've got two superheroes in the building that can do everything. Uh, you know, you're never going to line up Randy Moss in the slot, for example, but you can line up Jefferson and Addison pretty much anywhere on the field out of two wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets. So to me. I'm really, really happy with this pick. I'm really glad that they said, you know what? I know offense was the strength of our team and our defense has a lot of weaknesses, but when you have a guy that can step right in to either two or three wide receiver packages with Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne to take a very good offense and potentially make it great, I was thrilled with the pick. Thrilled with it. Yeah, it was very interesting. And uh, one of the things that is kind of concerning with – the Jordan Addison pick. And I don't necessarily know how concerning it is, but it at least has to be talked about. And that is his size. Um, yeah. Wide receivers just don't have a track record at 173 pounds. And it's not like he's five, nine, 173. He's six foot. He doesn't, he, you can tell he gets bullied on the outside by cornerbacks at times and getting knocked off his axis is honestly a bigger deal with a guy like him than necessarily as somebody else because of how precise and timing his routes are. Um, like when you kind of look at his frame, what are your, what are your main takeaways? Like how concerned are you? A little, I mean, he's going to need to get onto the golden corral uh, diet, as uh, was mentioned at one point, but jokes aside, yeah, Kevin O'Connell's going to have to use him in ways to maybe put him in motion a little bit more so that he isn't able to be jammed off the line of scrimmage uh, as often. Obviously, you can't put the same wide receiver in motion on every play, but, you know, use him in ways, and again, it's 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 an unfair comparison to say guys like Percy Harvin or guys like Tyreek Hill, because none of them are the exact uh, comp for him, but I think you can find ways. Yes, he's going to need to put on some weight. There, there's, there's no, there's no discussion about that. He's not going to be able to survive in the NFL at 170 pounds. But I do think that if he starts off, regardless of what Kevin O'Connell says that on draft night about him being a day one starter or not, the fact of the matter is he's going to start off as the team's number three wide receiver until he can prove that he. Def- deserves to be on the field more than uh, K.J. Osborne. And K.J. is in the last year of his deal, so he's not just going to sit back and say, yeah, go ahead, rookie, you take two, I'll take three. So it'll be interesting enough to see, but I think there's ways, that, and that's what Kevin O'Connell gets paid for, is to be able to utilize his players to their strengths and try to cover up as many of their weaknesses as possible. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to kind of see how he ends up getting used. Dave, where, where, are, you, where are you at with his size? Because as much as we talked about Jordan Addison, I don't think you and I have ever had the conversation about his size. Well, you know how I feel about small football players. However, he is six feet tall. Coming in at what? 175? 173. 173? Believe it or not, I weighed that in high school. Um, Same height, (laughs) same deal. He will. I've weighed 173 since I was 14, and it might have been <laughs> earlier than that, probably 13. But he will. He will put on some bulk. Now, of course, football players lose that over the season, but he will put it on and be good stuff. With the sports science guys that are in the building, they'll know how to bring up his weight, put it on properly, where to put it on. That will help. But as long as he is elusive and slippery, he can get it done. It's not like he's playing, we're asking him to play interior guard, right? So I'm not as worried about it at wide receiver as I would be if it was almost any other position. But I think I, I'm going to be, be honest. I would love to see a 173 pound left tackle just, just to see you, just your brain melt. <laughs> that would be. 
That would be some all-time um, audio video right there, just to watch Dave uh, see Nick Bosa take on a 173-pound tackle. Like I, I am all in for that. When I played pop, you know, that Warner, remind- we had kids that big. Yeah, uh, that was that pop kind of re- <laughs> It reminds me back in the day in the Metrodome when uh, the late great Reverend Reggie White uh, was lined up one on one with the Reverend Chris Carter and just chucked him five yards to the side and ended up sacking yep. your guy, Warren Moon. Um, when you're I'm, talking 90, about I'm 90% sure that was first quarter 1994 Sunday Night Football on, of all networks, TNT. I watched that game last summer. War, uh, Reggie White and Sean Jones as your edge rushers in a 4-3 is disgusting and should be illegal. Yes. That. <laughs> Reggie White. The, I'm sorry. He, I know that there's been a handful of people that actually want to say that there's one or two other guys, but no, he's the, he's the goat when it comes to pastor. Oh, well, him and Lawrence Taylor. I'll give yeah. him, uh, those two are on their own Mount Rushmore. There's Reggie no White two. is Reggie White, in my opinion, is on the Mount Rushmore of best football players of all time. Yeah, I he's right there. He's Dave. He has almost two hundred sacks. He can play. He can play all four positions on the defensive line. And made I watched impact. him play. Both at Philadelphia, and then when he went up to the team from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, best player I've ever seen on defense. I'll I'll say that much. Speaking of good players on defense, Justin, you put out a video just a little while ago yeah. talking about Quinnen um, Williams. Williams, tell us about that. Well. When I see the New York Jets, and granted, and I use this line in the video, they've spent all of their time trying to adopt a new child that they've forgotten about, the golden child that they already have, uh, in their efforts to acquire the Wicked Witch of the Midwest and in, in Aaron Rodgers, that somehow, some way, they've got not only a, a very good defensive tackle, not only a Pro Bowl defensive tackle, but an all-pro defensive tackle in Williams, who is was taken number three overall in the 2019 draft. So uh, just a few picks ahead of our own TJ Hawkinson. So this is his fifth year option, and he's looking to get extended like any other player would, particularly at his level. He's seen guys <clears throat> like Deron Payne. Uh, he's seen guys like Dexter, uh, Dexter Lawrence from the Giants uh, get contracts commensurate to their abilities, and he's just kind of sitting there on his $10 million fifth-year rookie option saying, hey, what's going on here? Um, to me, it's a long shot at best, but if the Jets are that serious about not signing that guy, how many problems and how many holes on defense would that guy fill? We haven't had an interior pass rush probably since Linville Joseph, uh, so take that back a few years. We've seen over the last three seasons how terrible this defense is, both uh, against the run and absolutely minimal interior pass rush, that to me, if this guy somehow, some way becomes available or if the Jets are saying, you know what, yeah, it's a high price tag. You know, 22 to $28 million a year is no joke for a defensive tackle. I mean, that's Aaron Donald money. But to me, if, if the Jets are just going to kind of dink and dunk around with this guy, I say, Quasi, get on the phone and find out what it would take uh, to get this guy here. Because, my goodness, uh, yes, we just shipped off Zedarius Smith. Uh, so we lost a little bit of our first half of the season pass rush, not so much in the second half, as we all know. But, yeah, I, I'm just saying to me, I don't understand. That would be like if it's this time next year and we haven't signed Justin Jefferson to an extension and we're, there, we were just dinking around and not getting it done. I don't know what the deal is, why they haven't gotten it done, but I say call him up and see what it would take to get him here. The guy's a monster. Tyler, The one thing that – I don't know if he's a fit. And – well, like when you kind of look at what this defensive line is going to be, it's going to be you know, like a standard three four. You're going to have two guys, uh, a four I five technique on each side, and you're going to have a nose tackle. I I don't necessarily think that you're going to get the proper value for what Quinn and Williams brings to you in how this defense is designed to play football, um, especially if you don't have a nose tackle, which the Vikings, in my opinion, currently don't. The only one they have on the roster that I they have two nose tackles on the roster. One I don't know if is making the team, and two I don't even think. Kyrus Tonga is going to play nose tackle. That's Tonga and Calvin Avery. Like, I love the idea. I love the enthusiasm. And I think I'm spot on with you, Justin, 100%. I think he's a tremendous football player. True game record from the interior. I don't think that it would be a great investment for the Vikings for the sole fact that I don't think he's going to be used to his max ability here. And I think he 
being in that 4-3 in New York, I think, is his best fit because he's going to be asked to be like that one A-gap shooter, and he's going to be able to really kind of take advantage of some of those uh, things on the interior. Like, I, I kind of look at Kevin Williams. Like, when Kevin Williams mm-hmm. is here, right. like, they're a very, very, very similar players. They're great gap shooters. They're really quick and in penetration. But if you put them too far outside, they – I mean, Williams – Started as a defensive end. He played relatively well, but he wasn't long for that position. They just kind of had a long jam at DT, and they wanted to get him on the field, and they moved him inside the second they could. Now he's a borderline Hall of Famer. And I I think if you put Williams too far outside and you line him up over that tackle, I think you're really losing a lot of what makes him special. And therefore, like when you uh, account for all the capital to acquire him and then all the capital you're going to have to pay him. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be give you the return on your investment that you're hoping for. Or like if this guy was in a Mike Zimmer defense, I would probably give Saturn to go get him. But in this defense, I, I have real concerns that he might not be a great fit. Do you take into account, and again, <clears throat> you can only play the cards that you're dealt with, but do you take into account that Flores might only be here for a year? I get it that when he was asked the question, are you going to run a 4-3 or a 3-4? And he says, well, depends on my opponent and all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. do you, if you had an opportunity to get a player like that, do you forego the opportunity just based on your current defensive coordinator and the current system you're running? I get what you're saying, and you're 100% right. He's better suited for the 4-3. I just think that he's that good to where you could still get uh, – I mean, he would be an upgrade in my opinion – over anything that we've got right now, even in a 3-4, with the possibility that you might not be running a 3-4 defense uh, this time next year. Just what do you think on that? I think it, it, let's answer this in two parts. First part, it, you don't hire a coordinator based on the personnel you have, but you don't acquire personnel that doesn't fit your coordinator. In, in, in As far as like giving up assets. Now, if this was the NFL draft, and Quinn and Williams fell to 23, I'd take him 10 out of 10, and I don't think twice just because the talent's too good and you kind of figure it out. But this isn't just spending one first-round pick. You're giving up capital and then giving him a likely record-setting contract, and that's where I think things, as far as like a team-building perspective, get a little muddied. I, and I, I think that's honestly the best way to put it. Like You could bring him in. He'd, probably, he'd be your best defensive lineman, and you'd figure out a way to utilize him, but I... I would struggle with seeing his 100th percentile outcome ever being reached playing in a defensive system like this. And to me, I I, I can't say that that's worth everything you're going to have to give up and give him because that's a lot of capital. What would the draft compensation be? I mean, I looked at the TJ Hawkinson deal and I'm thinking, okay, that's going to be somewhere around the starting point when you're talking about, you know, a top 10 pick in the last year of his rookie deal. Um, Obviously, Hawkinson is a Pro Bowl player, but he's not an all pro player. I mean, would you say that what we gave up for Hawkinson would be around what we'd have to give up or would it have to be more than that? Or what do you just help me out with that one real quick? It's a first plus. Um, Historic precedent. DeForest Buckner went for pick 14. And I think Quinton Williams is around that level. I think he's a little better. Plus, instead of being like a fringe top 10 pick, I think he was like 7th or 8th off the board. Um, Quinton Williams was not Buckner. Williams was Oh, I'm sorry. Williams was three. Yeah. Buckner was like 7th or 8th. So the perception. um, And then the 49ers went and drafted Javon Kinlaw uh, because they knew they'd be able to get him. Um, and they kind of made that happen. I, I think the Jets would want to keep him because he's. I think they view him, especially with how important uh, three technique is in that defense, as a cornerstone. I I think they're going to ask for at least a first round pick and probably like a third. Like to me, that's that's a lot, and oh, that's just where yes. I really have my hesitations. And you're not going to do it when we're still looking to the future for the quarterback of the future. I don't think they're going to spend that sort of capital just to get a, now, an outstanding I'll say this. Tackle. I'll say this. If Quinn and Williams was Vince Wilfork, I'd give up next year's first right now. <laughs> There's that. 
No, like a nose tackle yeah. solves yeah. a great nose tackle solves a lot of your problems on defense. And it makes the job easier for guys like Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah, because all of a sudden you are controlling both A gaps with one guy. And that's pivotal with the three four. You look at some of the more successful three fours of the past couple decades, like the Steelers had Casey Hampton. The whatchamacallit? Um I'm so tired, I'm losing my my mind. The Patriots had Wolfork, like I said. Sam Adams with uh, the Baltimore Ravens when they were elite. Tony Sturgis, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it made such a difference to have that big guy who could be a two-gapper. And I think it like that might be a, a more – like if he was a two-gap kind of guy, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pay that price. But I, I guess I guess we'll just – We'll just have to um well we'll just have to be on separate sides and that's that's okay. Well No, I, it absolutely is. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. It's just uh, one of those reckless speculations as your friends on Score North say, Tyler, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. That that's why I brought it up. And if you've missed, if the viewers have missed Justin's video on that i suggest you go check it out after after this after show. after yes. hey, what's it up, looks Raph? like raps join us what's up Raph? how you doing purple pocket podcast now that brings us we're sitting there talking about possible trades and what it gets what's your view of the salary cap situation and how long is it going to take to get the vikings healthy in that respect well, it's a mess. Uh, this just in, breaking news. And it's not going to get fixed in one or two years. It didn't get broken in one or two years. I'll take mm-hmm. people back in the in the time machine. When Teddy Bridgewater's knee blew up, you were able to trade for Sam Bradford. Or I think he's making like $13 million. Now, mind you, $13 million in 2016 isn't the same as what it is now. But, you know, with all that being said, and they didn't blink. Why? Because they had a lot of players on rookie contracts. They had... Uh, taking their salary cap seriously. They were very conservative fiscally. They weren't spending like drunken sailors, so to speak. And after 2017, when they got to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum and made the choice to bring in Kirk Cousins, um, since that point in time, you know, they've been spending to the max to try to keep this Kirk Cousins experiment and window open. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that it's only Kirk Cousins before anybody draws that one on me. Obviously, you had to re-sign Thielen and Diggs. You eventually re-signed Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks and Harrison Smith and eventually Dalvin Cook. Guess what? When you re-sign all of your same players to higher contracts than what they were before, that means you have less to bring in free agents. So you've been shopping in the Walmart you know, discount clearance rack for the last three and a half years, so to speak, outside of the TJ Hawkinson trade. Um, And you've been pushing money down the road. You've been doing void years left and right. You've been doing extensions just to get salary cap compliant. A good GM isn't somebody that can find a a way to get players in and be compliant. A good GM is one that manages the cap so that you don't have to make moves like constantly adding void years. So swing that over to now it's Quasey instead of uh, Rick Spielman. You know, Rick Spielman just spent like a drunken sailor because his job was on the line, and that was the directive that he was given by the owners. So, Kwesi wasn't going to be able to clean up that five-year accumulation of bad contracts and void years in one or two off-seasons. It's going to take some time. You cut Adam Thielen, and you took a $13 million dead cap hit, and they decided not to spread it out over 23 and 24. They said, no, let's get rid of all of this now. Um we still haven't seen the final numbers on the Zadarius Smith and how much dead money that they were going to have to eat and how much of the contract they picked up for Cleveland. Um, but right now, here's the thing. Right now, next season, they've got about $57 million in dead cap hits that could potentially hit. you got 28 and a half possibly in Kirk Cousins. You've got about nine with Harrison Smith. Um, you've got around 11 with uh, Daniil Hunter. You've actually got $6 million dead for 
Davenport. They signed him to a, a one-year $13 million deal. They're only going to get charged seven of it this year and six of it next year. So they've got a lot of dead cap hits that they still have to wipe off the books. And if you're going to go with the no, we're staying competitive. We're not going to trade off all of our pieces and take a year off where we know we're only going to win four or five games. If that's the premise you're going under, then this is the consequence of that, that it, you can't wipe off your dead salary cap hits in one or two seasons. So realistically, you're not going to have a healthy salary cap until at least 2024, maybe even 2025. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's it's definitely been a process, and I think they're they're doing a lot of really good things. I think one of the things that's really fascinating about how Kwesi Dopamens is approaching this whole thing is so many guys are on one or two year deals. Yep, and like. The amount of players that expire next year, the Vikings will have 37 free agents in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll have even more in 2025. They are keeping ultimate flexibility as far as, hey, do we want to keep this guy long-term? I don't know. Well, you don't have to worry about it because they're not committing to a lot of guys. Now they're going to commit to Jefferson. They're eventually going to commit to Derisaw. And they're going to make sure that they give those guys ample contracts. But they're keeping that ultimate flexibility open because – I don't necessarily know Kwesi Dopamensa knows what he wants to do with this team. And that's not a bad thing. He is he understands that the data is very incomplete and he wants more complete data before he ends up forking over big boy contracts. A lot of times what you, you see general managers doing is rookie way outperforms his contract. They give him all the money to almost compensate for what he's done and not necessarily what he's going to do. And that's when you get a Dalvin Cook. Um, and Thielen just, he hit 30, his thirties and his athleticism just went kablooey. That yeah. happens. Some, for some guys, it happens at 35. Thielen started happening at 31, 32. Like he didn't get an unfair contract for kind of what he was producing, but it just went. The biggest mistake was, um, ended up, they restructured him and that's what yeah. kind of crippled us this year. But it is what it is. Um, I, I'm very intrigued to kind of see how he continues to approach his team because he's keeping the door wide open for literally everything. There is nothing yes. off the table right now. And that, that to me, is what, what makes this the ultimate reality show. <laughs> Speaking of that, you mentioned Cook. Cook obviously plays into the salary cap stuff. How... Justin, do you see the Dalvin Cook situation playing out? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Unless he goes back on what he said from day one of free agency, which is I'm not taking a pay cut, I just don't see how he's on this team next year. I just don't. When you have... Dalvin Cook, and Alexander Madison, and Madison was a free agent. I don't think there's any scenario. And we just lost Justin to the dreaded sun spots, solar storms, Uh whatever it is. What's your take on Cook there, Tyler? How do you think the Vikings are going to do this? I have no idea. I really don't. Um, I don't think he's going to play with this team next year, but it, here's the thing. They uh, they have stayed steadfast. They kept him. And I honestly think because of how the rest of his contract guarantees, it's smart to keep him. Try and keep, keep him for as long as you can until you can work out a deal. Or you can cut him with zero penalty. 
as long as it's before week one of the season, because a lot of these veteran contracts, that salary doesn't vest until week one. And I think that was really smart to have that in the deal. Now, it, the shoulder surgery did make it so we got an extra $2 million guaranteed. Whether that was agent-driven to, hey, just wait until X time to get your surgery so you can get an extra $2 million bucks. I don't know. But it would be a smart play uh, because he couldn't pass the physical at the beginning of the league year. Got an extra $2 million bucks. Good for him. And that should continue to help set him and his family up for the rest of their lives. When you look at the player and the financial aspect, the Vikings cannot pay him the $14 no. million cap hit for what he's bringing. But he would be an asset to the offense. And that's that's yeah, where absolutely. I think a lot of people haven't talked about. He'd be the best running back on the team. And he would be an asset to the offense. He'd be able to help. And he'd be at average four, four and a half yards of carry and help move the sticks. But at that price, it's not going to happen. And I, I don't know how the, what the resolution is. It's probably a cut at this point. But I think because of what the contract is and how the money vests, there's a reason why he's still on the team. They're trying to get assets back for him. Do you know if that $2 million is in offset language, that if they do cut him, that that will get offset if he's if and when he signs with a different team? Do you know by chance? I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find it one way or the other. That'll, I, that'll come out if he signs with a new team is my guess. Okay. Well, uh, that's guaranteed money, and I think – the Vikes are on the hook for that if he signs with well, the team. Well, what Justin's saying, though, is like, <clears throat> let's say he signs, like, like, hypothetically, we cut him one year, $6 million with his new team. That right. Then the Vikings would be off the hook for that $2 million if it's an offset language saying, like, oh, if you sign, like, your first $2 million after the minimum um, can come off of our books. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why even though we're in this era of structured contracts where you get a slot, Joey Bosa held out for multiple weeks because he's like, no, I don't want that offset language in my deal. Uh, If you cut me for whatever reason, I I don't want to lose money. And the Chargers fought him on it and they ended up coming to some sort of agreement. It was, and like, that's a real thing uh, in a lot of contracts. And it's a way to potentially save money on the salary cap. So having said all that, as it stands now, you know, you cut him, you save nine million, you trade him, you save eleven million. Uh, you're going to take a three point one dead hit for the 2024 season, one way or the other. But at this point, I remember Doogie saying that there was an offer made, or at least some interest. If they end up cutting him and get nothing for return on him, even if it is something as little as a sixth round pick next year, I'm going to be a little disappointed that they ended up cutting him for nothing. Um, if there ever was a legitimate trade offer for Dalvin Cook on the table because they were trying to, you know, try to get more for the trade, I don't know. Or if they were just trying to convince Dalvin to stay with the team at a lesser price, I don't know. But having said that, if they get nothing for him, I'm going to be a little disappointed about it. Norpheus is wondering if there was a backdoor deal of a trade that it, you know, they'd talk, make it after June 1st to help with the money issues, and that still may be on the table. Because we all heard during the draft, the Dolphins made, were the ones, the trade partners, or at least one of them, and yet they took a running back in the draft. So who knows? I hope there was a backdoor deal, and it comes to fruition here in a couple weeks. But to your point yeah. about the production, it is going to be a downgrade in production. There, there's no question about that. And it's one of those deals where in the modern NFL, you almost have to accept that, yeah, the amount of production that Dalvin Cook offers you over what Alexander offers, Alexander Madison offers you, is that worth the 9 to $11 million it would cost to keep Dalvin Cook to get that extra production? And right now where this team is, for me anyway – uh, you've got other areas of need and other areas of money cost savings that you need to come up with that. Yeah, if you had the 2017 defense with Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator and you had this version of Kirk Cousins with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach and you could make the numbers work, sure, it would be great to keep the production that Dalvin Cook would give you. There's no denying that. But with how this team is currently structured, I- I'm sorry, you can't pay him that kind of money, I don't think. Yeah, yep. it's, it's yeah, pretty much. Um, 
Sorry, my brain's absolutely fried. Um, <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see how Quasey goes about this because it's it's one of his first really tough decisions. I mean, yeah, if he goes the route of uh, Harrison Smith and changes his mind and says, "All right, yeah, I'll take a you know six seven million dollar pay cut or whatever you know reasonable number there is," I'd absolutely love to see Dalvin Cook on this team. I'm just saying that I just. Based on everything that he has said so far, I just don't see it happening. I'd love to be wrong. Don't tell my daughter I said that, by the way. (laughs) What are your predictions for the 2023 season? I see about 10 or 11 wins on the high end. Um, I see no fewer than seven or eight on the low end. So a pessimistic version of me would say if all of the bad luck comes back that we got all the good luck last year. Okay. Even with all of that, there's no way you're winning fewer than seven games. Uh, But I think 10 or 11 is a reasonable expectation for regular season wins. Um, As far as what I would consider a successful season to me, anything short of the divisional round of the playoffs is, is not a success. Uh, Just getting to the divisional round of the playoffs is kind of a meets expectations for me. Um, but I think, you know, we, we've known the schedule, we've known the opponent, excuse me, we've known the opponents and we now know the schedule and there's some, there's some quirks to it. The first seven weeks, you're just hoping to hang on to be three, uh, four and three. Um, if you can find a way to only lose to Philly, uh, San Francisco and Kansas city and win the other four games before you hit this middle part of the season is very, very forgiving. Um, but I, I would say a 10 or 11 win season is about a reasonable expectation, but it all it's the Vikings. They'll find a way to win a game that you didn't expect, like Buffalo last year, and they'll find a way to lose a game where it's just like, seriously, how did, how did the Vikings go to Chicago or Atlanta and lose a game? Because as we all know, that's just what the Vikings do. Generally speaking, for the most part, they beat teams that they're better than. They lose teams that are better than them. And they generally go about 500 against teams they're equal against. And then they have one surprise win and one surprise loss. So I think 10 or 11 is about right. Tyler, do you concur? I I think they'll win nine games. Um, One of the tough things about the Vikings being so good in those one-score games last year is – um, it was like kind of just when you look at a broader set of data points and inflation and mm-hmm. it was way over expectations and eventually you're going to regress to the mean. How hard are you going to regress to the mean is a tough part, but you can, you're only going to get so quote unquote lucky and luck is a really, it's kind of a dirty word in this sense because it's, <laughs> it's not luck as in you flipped a coin and you won the football game. It's luck in a general sense where you're not going to have a hundredth percentile outcome in those situations more often than not. And being undefeated in one score games throughout the entirety of the season, I believe it was uh, 11 and or 12 and Oh, and then the only one you lost was in the playoffs. Like that's not going to happen consistently. No, like the, the Raiders, the Raiders were a bad football team, but they were like two and eight in one score games. You just make the Raiders 500. They, they're the five seed in the AFC. Like, so you're not talking about being exponentially off. Like, eventually you're going to regress to the mean, but how hard? How how are you going to improve? And then the first place schedule is only three games, but when those three games are against the Eagles, 49ers, and Bengals, all three of which were in the <laughs> final four last year, that's... And we play the fourth. Yeah, we play all four of the final four teams. Um, Like, I—I'll be honest. Like, I am not trying to be a pessimist, but going zero and four in that slate is a very real possibility because those are four tremendous football teams. Like, no, I totally agree. It's—I think um, the absolute floor that, like, uh, especially with how many young players we're counting on. Like, if they don't come through, the floor is five and twelve. The ceiling, I think, is 11 and 6, and the most likely outcome is a fringe 500 team at 9 and 8. No, the whole regression. I mean, here's the thing in 2021, Zimmer's last season, they're basically the same team. 
the difference is, is that in 21, you hardly got any luck in one score games. And in 22, you got all of it. You were basically a nine to 10 win team in 2021. That was a couple wins short of that because, you know, you didn't get some luck at end of games. You're basically a nine to 10 win team last year too. You just got a ton of luck. So this team isn't really the, it's razor thin the difference between the final year eight and nine of Mike Zimmer and last year's 13 win team. But I mean, you know, just going through the schedule off the top of my head. Yes, you got the big four. We talked about that. I think that the, if I'm being honest, I just think that another loss that they're going to come across would be in Denver on Sunday night football, uh, traveling west and playing on Sunday night. Uh, you know, we can talk about Kirk on primetime all we want, but um, <clears throat> realistically, you should probably um, adjust your thinking to saying we'll probably have to go into the season expecting to split with the lions as ridiculous as that may sound uh you know for decades it's always been can we split with the packers and now it's okay it's not unreasonable to say that your expectation should be to split with the lions so that brings me up to six wins and realistically like i said a moment ago they'll find a way i'm they should sweep chicago but is anybody 100 percent confident that the Vikings are going to go to Soldier Field. Mind you, finally, it's not in the middle of December or first part of January for the first time in a while, which is great. But, yeah, I could very easily see six or seven losses on the schedule, and I could very easily see that the only four teams that they lose to are the big four. That's why they play the games, because we don't play them on paper, so to speak. But, no, I, I think uh, 10 or 11 is probably the ceiling, so I would concur with what you got going on. Yeah, a 7-TD game from Kirk Cousins, that, that'd be the day. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be something. But you talk about luck, and the Vikings have seen some bad luck. I remember 2016 when they were having to end up going on the scrap heap to find offensive linemen because – Oh. Every week, one of them was getting knocked out for the season. As long as the a good luck for the team is that everybody stays mostly healthy throughout the entire season. They did so last year. Part of that is the sports science department within the team and how the trainers and how they keep them healthy. But Vikings fans know things can go sideways real quickly. Mm -hmm. For the Vikings, going sideways out of nowhere? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one last question for you. Of course. All right. I call this community that we're in Vikings land. Why did you join this as a content creator? Well, I've consumed sports talk radio you know, all my life, whether it was the flagship of KFAN or 1500 into 1500 ESPN, which is now into score North, um, love them or hate them. You know, guys like Matthew Collar, love guys like, uh, Ted and Drew, you guys formerly of, uh, climbing the pocket and now of, uh, first and scold. I, I, I just consume so much. And, you know, my family and friends are always just like, why do you listen to people talk about the Vikings? Why don't you do that? You talk to us about the Vikings all of the time. Why, <laughs> why don't I'll you carry your motive? Go talk so, to your computer and leave us yeah, alone. <laughs> go talk Go talk into the ether and see if some people will respond to you that way. But it, it, it was just kind of one of those uh, in 2020 um, – Somebody uh, needed to fill in one episode for one of their podcasts, so I joined. And then after that, joined them semi-regularly for the rest of that season. Uh, last season started off just doing a contribution thing. And eventually, you know, one of the cre- co-creators over there was just like, you know, you've got too much to just do one show a week. Do your own thing. Understand that it's a process, that you're not just going to turn on your computer and have 10,000 subscribers for crying out loud. What's up, GMAC? How you doing? Um, so, you know, having watched you guys for as long as I have and watched all of the other mainstream, quote unquote, into, you know, YouTube content creators, you know, I had was blessed to have uh, networked and gotten in touch with guys like you and guys like Rap and Dave and GG Sports and uh, Vikings Uncensored, just to name a few off the top of my head, um, to where, you know, you see so many of these same people in all of these chats every episode, and it's just tons of fun 
talking about this team. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl just once before we die. Uh, two or three times would be uh, cherry on top. We'll just take one at this point. We're so desperate for it. But to answer your question, it was just like, you know what? This could be fun being on the other side, not just listening to people to actually do it and sitting down and having conversations. The beautiful thing about the Internet is, you know, back in the day, you know, you'd go to the bar and you'd have conversations with people as you're watching the games or maybe a little before, a little bit after. Now you can do it seven days a week if you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. And multiple times a day, even. Right, Tyler? (laughs) yes multiple times a day and you know what if if my dog would have let me get any sleep last night i would be a lot more alert but he is he decided hey dad i'm going to uh, just start bleeding for three hours yay (laughs) well he's he's okay like that's that's really what's important yes he's okay he's just He's napping next to me like a good boy. He's going to be excited that when I'm fully out of my office for the rest of the night, he doesn't care hanging up here very much. All right. We're at the point in the show where I ask you, what's next? Tyler, what have you got coming up next? I got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, We're going to have a show on Wednesday. I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet, but (laughs) that's also Vikings. That's okay. It's the offseason. It's the offseason. We're going to talk Vikings. Um, obviously, we got uh, um, Connor uh, was just on the show. Please go back and check that out. Connor is one of the best people in all of draft media. Not only is he just brilliant and knowledgeable, but he's just such a genuinely good person. And you don't get that kind of combination a lot in this business. And that was a – I wish we could have had him for longer, but we're both incredibly busy individuals. It did not happen that way. We're going to talk Vikings in some way, shape, or form on Wednesday. Um, you can also check uh, on Purple Daily, um, Purple Daily on Draft with myself and Thor Nystrom of Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. We talked about mini camp. We talked about um, way too early mock drafts to Darius Smith. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. Um, I think maybe, Dave, what we'll talk about on Wednesday is kind of looking at the, uh, like maybe do a projected 53 and some potential surprise cuts. Like Ooh. yeah, let's let's do that. Let's 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 do that. Um, I'm gonna get something up and going f- on Wednesday to kind of pair with it for Vikings Wire. And honestly, I'm running like a chicken with my head cut off all the time. <laughs> and, uh, what was it? Um, Kevin, one of my writers, uh, said I'm like a hamster on a wheel jacked up on cocaine. And nice. that's that's kind of how I work, but that's okay. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff uh good um a lot of good stuff coming up we just we're gonna take some time and i'm looking to bring on some uh some guests i've got um a a few messages out so we'll kind of see how those end up um and seeing if we can get some really cool um guests on on the show uh for like the doldrums of summer cool justin what have you got coming up forward on Purple and gold for days. So I do a live show Tuesday nights uh, with my compatriot Dave from Minnesota Sports Talk. And our guest tomorrow, we call the show Under the Lights. Um, He came up with the name, and I I think it fits because most of the time we have guests on. It's very rare that he and I just have a show together. And we have another other than Luke Braun joining us tomorrow night. That's at 630 Central Time. So – that should be scheduled here tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. So I uh, hit the notification bell for that, but six thirty central time tomorrow night. And I like, you don't have the slightest idea, but I'm sure if Luke Braun's in the building, we can find something purple to talk about one or two things, but in all seriousness, you know, I usually drop two or three episodes a week, uh, depending on the news. Obviously it's a little slower right now, as we all know, we have to rack our brains to come up with stuff to keep you guys entertained, but we find a way to do that there. But Tomorrow, what I got for sure is tomorrow night, six thirty, under the lights. Uh, special guest Luke Braun, and uh, breaking news as it happens, I'll have a video drop uh, for Dalvin Cook once that situation ever resolves itself. Um, you guys list schedules for your show. Well, uh, 
During the season, I usually go live on Monday nights, usually right before Monday night football and pretty much always on Tuesday nights. And I usually drop preview episodes either Friday night or Saturday morning. And sometimes we just go live when we go live. So what you do, Blowfish, is you hit subscribe to First and Scold Media. You hit that notification bell so that any time an episode, whether it's a live or a pre-recorded, it pops right up on your uh, device for you. And then you do the same thing on Purple and Gold for days. How's that for some cross-promotion, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vikings first Boom. in skull. You do that as well as subscribe to the podcast feed. Because here at Vikings First and Skull, we've added podcasts that you don't see on YouTube. So to get that interaction over there, you've got to download the podcast. It's in any aggregator you have. We're doing a couple shows one a week where we're sculling with friends. This last week, we just learned about uh, Jordan Addison's time at Pitt and his winning the Blitnikoff and how he'd go up to the trophy case of the two Blitnikoffs, put his hands there, and go, I'm going to win this, right? (laughs) And he did that sort of deal. I wish we had a Lombardi in the building so he could do the same thing. I'm going to win this. I hope they get him one just to do that for the Vikings. Uh, We also have what I started last week, the daily opener, where I read to you in my dulcet tones, not getting exciting and loud, about the Minnesota Vikings news over the last 24 hours. And you want to know where the first place is? I look for news. Tyler, can you guess? Ah, this is a really tough one, Dave. (laughs) You know, there's... There's only one place I could think of that you might be able to get your news, and that is vikingswire.usatoday.com, where that you will not find a more comprehensive written outlet for the Minnesota Vikings that talks about the Vikings from literally every angle. We have a scheme guy. We have a, a news guy. We have a beat reporter. And then you have me, the hamster on a wheel jacked up on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great spot to get all sorts of stuff. Daily Norseman is too. We love our boys over there. But uh, Vikings Wire, for being on it, they pump out stuff all the time. I suggest you hit them up. And Davey, I'm sorry you don't like Luke Broad. Luke Broad is a friend of the show, friend of mine. He is a great individual. And like he says, the kid you cheated off in math class. He is a math whiz. And he brings that part to it, but he loves the Vikings just as much as we do. And I suggest you check out his, he's got a whole Vikings history segment over on his Patreon, which is free, that you can check out those videos. They're absolutely awesome. You should give him money, though, so he can feed his bunnies. And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> he has he has bunnies. He has two pet Zidian bunnies. Zoe. Mm-hmm. But... That wraps up the show for tonight. Justin knows this. What do we say? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! <laughs>